Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to another Transfer Podcast. On Anfield Index Pro, I'm Trev Denny, you know where I live, and that's Dave Davis. You know where he lives, which is on your television screen or your device or wherever, because Dave's never off it, is he? Uh, constant content creator for the channel, uh, doing great work. How are you getting on the new year, buddy? Yeah, very good. Had a good new year. Good Christmas. Hopefully, same for you. And listen, I like say I do it for the, the channel. It's always nice to get good comments and reaffirmations, so... When Kazim853 commented this morning, the big fat head makes a lot of sense. You've got to take the plaudits, haven't you, Trev? Don't let the bastards get you down, buddy. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, We will get started because we've got a lot to get through. And as ever, just for those of you who might be joining us for the first time, Dave does all the work for this show in the in the build up, uh, and I just walk through the topics with him and bounce whatever few daft ideas I have myself. Uh, And we're going to start obviously with Liverpool as we always do. And you know, I think we've already flagged this up. Um, in terms of uh, how it may not be as big a section as we'd have liked. And if you don't mind, what I'm going to do is kind of flip the order just a little bit here and go straight to the big news, which is the one that is associated with uh, Paul Joyce, who, right or wrong, is uh, seen as the uh, Diane of sports reporting when it comes to Liverpool in terms of comparative levels of truthfulness and accuracy. Now, I want you just to walk us through the content of Joyce's latest article, because a lot like like me, an awful lot of people will not have access to what he's writing necessarily. Um, but we'll have heard bits and bobs and there's a general atmosphere of pessimism on the back of it. Can you clarify what was said and what you reckon it might mean? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're not stupid, the Times, aren't they? They're sticking behind a paywall because I think a lot of other journos have said, you're like, and I'm quoting people like Paul, well, about Paul Joyce. So if you think of Neil Jones, David Lynch, they've all said that, yeah, Joyce is renowned, respected, the one that a lot look up to. So, and usually we have to be honest, Trev, when he reports it, 99.9%, we know what's happening type of thing. So, in essence, Paul Joyce kind of killed the transfer window for Liverpool the other night, didn't he? I dress it up. So, Cheers, it's unlikely, and this is the key phrase I think everyone jumps on, understandably, and sends the reactions, but it's unlikely that Liverpool enter the January market. Now, I, I thought it was a, a well-worded article because we talked about 
players coming back and the cover that will provide, whether people like it or not. It's just a fact. There are players being recalled from loans. There's that. Also, the element of Liverpool wants to do business, so they are aware that they long term would like another centre half, but doesn't or doesn't believe the one, shall we say, they want, if that's the right phrase, is available in this window. So that plays a part as well. So. Yeah, you could dress it up, but that was a big old joist bomb on most people's hopes, I think. And it, the one thing I would say, Trevor, and I shouldn't miss this out because he put it in there as well. I thought it was really well worded. People will jump on something like, hold on, there was a Luis Diaz or was the Cody Gakpo. And, and I get that. We're all looking even just for that opportune one that comes from nowhere, whatever you want to call it. As he also mentioned... The Cody Gakpo was literally within 24 hours of Virgil van Dijk last season doing an interview going, we need players. You know, who probably had an idea his Dutch mate was coming. There's nothing of that regard now. And if a few others have linked today, I think it's a good point that if you look, there's a lot of players saying, we're good, we believe. Even Mo, as he's going off to the AFCON trev, is saying, like, I believe in this squad. It's, it doesn't indicate there's anything happening in simple terms, I'm afraid. Yeah, it does have that feel. You're dead right. And um, the words from Joyce and the general sort of uh, lack of anything in the way of a rumour at all, even the most scandalously wild, uh, unfounded one would suggest that that's going to be the case. Now, we're going to lean in in a minute to this idea of people returning to provide cover. Uh, that is going to, we've already lost, goodbye to half our listenership today. <laughs> we've already lost, we've already lost them because they're just sitting here waiting for uh, Uncle Dave to tell them that, yeah, we're, we're going to buy this big shiny um, item. But that does not seem to be the case. And it's more important than ever that we address that at the start of the show. I don't want to be one of those uh, equivalent of clickbait teas merchants we just want to be honest and start that's what we know uh so far and that's what's being said um by the people who uh, tend to have the most information so with that in mind there are some things that are going to happen in the transfer market for liverpool not the way that we would like but we're looking at quite a few unsuccessful loans and those loans are going to uh, have to get sorted out because there are at least three comparatively high profile, you know, uh, loans for Liverpool that need sorting. The most urgent one is the one that has been, you know, probably the most disappointing because he seemed to be the kid with the most potential, which is Mr. Carvalho. Um, but that RBL loan that just didn't work in any way, shape or form in terms of minutes for that kid. However, he does seem to have retained something of his luster as a star, Dave. And there's all sorts, including this spoof with the catchphrase, jumping out, suggesting potential destinations and also other <laughs> Lothar Mateus recommended outlets like Build, who have other suggestions. Uh, I'd like to go through these, if you wouldn't mind, because you've outlined the various uh, links for Carvalho. But the gist of it seems to be that Carvalho will move on and just perpetuate the loan situation, but no longer with RBL. Does that seem to be the gist? Absolutely. From, from everyone we've been sort of harassing, haranguing as normal, that seems to be the thing. The full expectation is it's a, a quick turnaround for young Fabio, in all honesty. And, Again, it depends maybe who you want to believe, pick your poison, so to speak, because there's a lot of outlets for different places, isn't there? Romano, we suggested Southampton, that's on the docket. Sky have mentioned Leicester as being key, that, like you said, build Fulham. It almost feels like everyone's just inserting teams who they think or kind of speculation as well. So what I don't think we'll have to wait long to find out. I mean, the other one, Trevor, even got pictured at the uh, Nottingham Forest match, didn't he, over there? the Christmas period, but as people were saying, he is well known to be very good friends with Alanga, who is at Forest now, so there's no belief in that, but it's a lovely clickbait story there at the same time, isn't it? So, I would suspect the smart money says that before he joins the one club that he's going to join, Fabio Carvalho will be linked with about 267 more to fill column inches, but yeah, it's a straight turnaround, and I'd, for me, if I'm honest, it's a it's a step back to go too forward because I know a lot of people were saying, why is he going to go to the championship? He was player of the year for Fulham and all those types of things. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, Trev, how high was this kid's stock? 
really high. We thought we were getting a certain, and then he's come and it's not quite worked out. It doesn't seem to fit the formation. We don't play with number 10. So even if we did go to, say, a, a Leicester or a Southampton, yes, he shined at that level. Yes, they could play a football that suits him. And yes, it would probably help just retain a bit of that transfer value, even for asset protection, wouldn't it? So I'm struggling to see some of the other suggestions. But yeah, a top championship team would not surprise me at all. I agree completely because it's the one way that you can probably guarantee he's going to play on a regular basis. Like yeah. you say, there's a high retention of the memory of what he was um, at that level before. And uh, I think he did just enough, Dave, you know, last minute goals and stuff like that in a red jersey that, like I say, he just has kept enough aura about him that people can say, OK, so it just didn't work out there. We'll take a punt on this kid. He'll come good for us. And maybe one or two of those potential uh, championship clubs might be looking at, well, if we come up with this guy, maybe we'll have a chance of buying him when we get to the Premier League. And that could yeah. make a lot of sense, I think, as well. Uh, one way or the other, I think what you're looking at with Carvalho is a saleable asset because there's something there, isn't there? We couldn't really put our finger on it, you and I, before. But there seemed to be not that same connection between manager and player that there usually is. And so that seemed to suggest, call it a conspiracy theory if you like, but this there was ample evidence of it. A detachment there, some of the things he said, some of the things Jürgen didn't say that would suggest that he's he was never going to be coming back to fight fires for us, let's put it that way. Now, other loan returns uh, going on. One we know is definitely coming back is Young Beck. And of course, <laughs> that, that, that was actually... Instead of being a positive story for anybody, that was treated as a negative story because it meant, oh, now we're not going to do X, Y, and Z. But if we take it for granted that we're not going to do X, Y, and Z, we've got Owen Beck coming back. Uh, we want to talk about that. He was at Dundee, and I'm not sure yeah. if you know how successful that loan period was for him, but we can talk about that. Um the other one that we need to talk about coming back or two are the former uh, dynamic duo of Reese Williams and Nat Phillips. Now, Williams, um, will he come back and even have a sniff of the first team when he can't get a game where he is? Will Nat Phillips, when he can't get a game where he is, we'll deal with them last because... Those two guys, especially Phillips, that, that's that's a specific story. But let's talk about Owen Beck's return, whether or not you think he will actually provide cover if he is returning, um, and uh, whether or not he might be inclined to be uh, getting a Carvalho situation and gone off again. What do you think is going to happen here? What do we know? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, Owen Beck, because he, he has done really well at Dundee. The Dundee fans can't speak highly enough of him. You know, they were, to be honest, Gutted he was coming back. And there's been quite a few reports, hasn't it, as well, that even Joyce mentioned that Celtic and Rangers had, had asked, you know, when they found out he was leaving, is there something there we could do? But all the indications are, Trev, that he is here because of the Costas and Robbo situation as the best possible, and I phrase that carefully, ready-made option to cover at left-back. And also, Joe Gomez is the only one we've got, and he covers about 17 positions at the moment, doesn't he? So he is there, and... It wouldn't be a surprise, as a lot of suggestions are, if he started the Arsenal game, the FA Cup one, you know, to, to give that option. The other knock-on effect of Owen Beck, and, and this is interesting when you speak to sort of the the patch journos and different things, is there's a suspicion that Owen Beck coming back means the likes of Callum Scanlon and Luke Chambers may depart on loan, people who have played in Europa, the kids that way, just because that would be the next step for them, that they've done okay. And it doesn't mean they're worse players or worse prospects than Beck by any means. A lot of them think, you know, a lot of journalists speak to will say, actually, Chambers and Scanlon have maybe got a bit of a higher ceiling, if that's the right phrase. But in terms of readiness for right now, Beck is quite a bit ahead. So it almost could well be a, a revolving door, so to speak. But yeah, I do think I, I would be surprised Minimum, I'd be astounded if he's not in the squad for Arsenal, but I would not be like one, you know, I wouldn't be remotely surprised if Owen Beck starts this FA Cup game. I think he has come back, whether people like it or not, to be a part of it, even if it is just the short term with that Robbo news. 
That's very interesting. That is very interesting. And it's interesting to think of him being ahead uh, in terms of ability to blend into that first team of the two kids that we did see. And regardless, as you say, of their potential ceiling, just right now at this moment when we actually need um, bodies to come in and do a job competently, if he has been playing to a high standard for Dundee, maybe that's... uh, Good news for us, in a way, considering the many injuries that have piled up. Um, I mentioned Reese Williams and, and Nat Phillips, and you can let people just remind them where both lads were uh, and how things are working out. But I've got to just got to mention something that your mate, Mr. Lynch, uh, said about Nat Phillips um, and the potential for him to not actually move on uh, again for him to come back and be embraced back into the fold. And my gut feeling on that is I think if I was Nat Phillips, I'd probably just go and get a flat in Glasgow and see the year out. You know, I, I, I would feel terrible for him because the chances of him getting a game, unless things go to absolute shit, are very, very low. And the amount of opportunities he'll have to get a game I mean, you're talking about that FA Cup game and potentially, perhaps, depending on how seriously Jürgen takes, and I think he's going to take it very seriously. Some people don't, but I do think he's going to take those two semi-final legs in the Carabao seriously as well. So when does this guy play? Uh, Unless, like I say, we're stripped to the bare bones. Talk to us about Williams, what you think is likely there, and Phillips, and what you've heard from Mr Lynch about that. Yeah, it's... the. The thing they've got in common is both their loans have been a disaster. That's how a lot, if you speak to Aberdeen fans, if you speak to Celtic fans as well, especially, they, they have said, yeah, it's, it's just, it's been pretty horrendous for now up here in Glasgow that way. Reese Williams, I mean, hasn't made an appearance. So my honest suspicion with that, and if you speak to, again, a lot of the journos, it's, it's just a case of he's just on the rotation now. So he'll come, he's been recalled and they'll look to get him alone back out where he can play some football. And, and let's be honest, this isn't trying to be down on the kid at all, but there's no real long-term future there at Liverpool. You know, he's been well overtaken. Is, is he up to the level? And I don't want to be sort of harsh, but there's not a long-term future. He needs to find football that way. Big Nat, Trev, I mean, dear God. It's like you say, it's disaster here. And yeah, all the indications are, as you said, that David Lynch and a few others suggested, almost sticking around as a body a break glass in case of emergency type of job Trev I can't really think of another way of phrasing it that in a way it's disaster if we do see him but more than that it's disaster for the guy isn't it I mean how he's still here how we haven't sought something better for him and I I hate the way people round on that a little bit when they're like oh this kid you know or guy should be playing at league one level listen he's better than that it's not worked at Celtic but for his good whether it is a a lower Premier League, a top championship, whatever you want to pitch it as. It just feels so bad, doesn't it, realistically, that we're talking about him coming back and being, that he's probably not going to play, but just the cover option. I can't really think of another way of describing it. It it doesn't really seem good or look good for Phillips, Liverpool or anyone else in this, to be honest. Reese Williams is 22, going 23 next month. Whereas Nat Phillips is 26, going 27 in March. Um, and like you say, I kind of feel like the club almost has a duty of care to him at this stage because they were quite happy to use and abuse in terms of keeping him around. And yeah. uh, as you said, a, a, a break, a, in case of emergency break glass option when there was never any danger of the glass being broken. And he did have that run alongside Reese that saw us scramble together uh, and re- rescue a, a, an absolute nightmare season on the back of some good results and if for nothing else I'll remember him fondly as a Liverpool player for that and his contribution in that period of time I spoke to Jan recently uh, on our show about uh, the evolution of centre halves Dave and you know there's no two ways about it Nat Phillips is probably at the more agricultural end of the scale he's a head the ball kick the ball make the tackle kind of a guy and that's not to denigrate him as a footballer but I think who knows what's gone on at at Celtic it could be old fashioned homesickness 
I've no doubt that he could make a very, very high impact in the championship and maybe come up then and be a yeah. fixture in a team. So I, for him and for his sake, I hope that happens. Reese Williams, like he's, uh, like I said, has that many more years to get it right. I think you're right. I think he'll go back into the uh, loan um, rotation with the hope of somebody saying, oh, this lad's great. I'll buy him. Um, and it's really is that cynical, isn't it, man? We have to, we have to be honest. It really yeah. does get that cynical. Um, but that's about it, I think. That's all we can really say for the Liverpool section. Um, as usual, um, there's plenty to say elsewhere around the, the Premier League. Yes, sorry. The only one, sorry, the only one thing that probably, and this is like, it just seems to be going very fast. And it literally got announced today. People may have heard of him, James Balaghese, the youth player. So he's come back from Wigan. And again, there is a suspicion he's turned around. And even today in his news conference, the Preston manager, Ryan Lowe, has said that, yeah, Calvin Ramsey may go back to Liverpool. So that came out literally like half an hour ago or so, the quotes released from that. So it's we shouldn't just say all the loans have been a disaster because we have to be honest, like Tyler Morton has done very well at Hull. I mean, he's won Championship Player of the Month. People need to remember that. For where they are in the Bundesliga, Seth van der Berg's doing great work at, at Mainz. You know, he's got a few goals and where they expected to be, you know, that's looking good. But if you were to take those two out, Trev, yeah, pretty much an unmitigated disaster for the rest, in all honesty. Now, speaking of unmitigated disasters, and I, I pushed ahead before I wanted it, because you're after reminding me, I did say to you that I wanted to talk about this briefly. There is a story floating around about a fella who most people, including myself, were quite happy to take the mickey out of over the summer mm-hmm. because he did seem to be an absentee landlord uh, in, in terms of his uh, contribution. That's George Smatka. And you know, you and I had talked about how Max Eberl was available and how Liverpool were very interested and it was between them and Bayern and neither of us liked our chances, if we're being honest, when it's, uh, you know, that guy, is he going to choose Bayern? Well, you know, uh, so that was always a bit of a, well, was, watch this space. But I think we were expecting something might happen in January because something was supposed to happen in January. That was the information that we were given that, you know, we get as far as January, we'd have a handshake like in the picture in the little uh, uh, article that I sent to you. Big smiles. Thanks for your uh, help there. Um, Enjoy your nights on the tiles. All the best. Uh, And that's where we leave it. However, there is a story doing the rounds. You can talk about this source and whether it's questionable, and that would be very, very relevant. Um, and the, that story is about him not having to have the conversation till February or March, and then the discussion being whether or not we'll extend beyond the end of the season. So I am confused, and I don't know if this is just something that people are throwing out, like Liverpool want to sign Mbappe. Is it that level of nonsense? Have you heard anything about this one at all? Are you that person who has everything? the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, it kind of, it came from nowhere. And and again, because I don't want to denigrate anyone, but Let's just say, as we know, Christian Falk doesn't always get things completely right. Maybe that's the the right way to see it. But asking around, yeah, no no one else has this, Trev, which I think is quite telling, potentially. Now, people will look at this and go, oh, that, that, like you said, that's Ebril gone. We missed that. For me, I think, and again, never ever certain, but I think the full focus is on the January window and if there are options doing the loans. I don't think, as as David Lynch said on the pod and a few other suggesting articles, it'll almost be after this window, Liverpool will move to sort of summer planning, if you you want to call it that. So I don't suspect, could be wrong, but I don't suspect that there is too much in this. If there is anything in it, 
There's a few worries as well for me, Trev, because at the moment, as per Jörg Schmatka's words, no one else's, he is a transfer assistant to Jurgen Klopp. Those are his words, as he, you know, he said, as in Klopp picks the players or they have the discussion, I go and do... Liverpool are after, as we know, in this whole makeup, and people will, you know, there's going to be people that will harken back to their before Ward, even to the Edwards era and all that. But Liverpool are after in our setup, as we know, a sporting director. That is not what Jorg Schmacke is doing at the moment. So it will be a change in his role. I'm afraid he'd have to put the glow sticks down and abandon the Ibiza Villa, wouldn't he? And, you know, make his way over to, you know, Stefan or wherever he's going to live if that was the case. There's just, there's so many things I don't see this being the case. And and I, and I hate sort of, you know, playing any journalists down because obviously we, we speak to them in various forms. We try and get the information. But for me, there's no one else has this, shall we say. But someone is going to be shouting, well, Schmacker, all the info came from Germany and it broke from there, didn't it, before it came to the UK and he does talk to the German press. So I've got to take that on board as well. So I know I'm sounding like a Tory politician and completely hedging my bets, but if you, you know, laying it on the table, not too much stock in this one for me as it stands. Yeah, I, you see, there is a possibility, as you say, that you could continue as some sort of a consultant, transfer consultant. Yeah. And right. maybe maybe the lads had a bit of rehabilitation. I mean, i got to take my, uh, as a fellow cap wearer, uh, doff mine to, to, to Big George. Endo just won player of the month, standard charter yeah. player of the month. Uh, it came good is what I'm saying. So maybe, maybe we've all been too quick to two foot the poor bastard. Exactly. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Um, Across the league then next, and we'll start with the perennial shit show that is Manchester United. Um, uh, it's the most tremendously entertaining crack ever. Um, and there are a lot of stories going around. Um, there are stories going around about Regulon, Lindelof. Um, we're also hearing more, a big story about uh, Jaden Sancho. Um, not so many about people coming in specifically. Uh, there's another story about Varane too. But we are hearing one particular name that has some questionable Premier League uh, pedigree coming into Manchester United. So that's enough teasing from me you're going to take some time to get through this one so let me uh let me let you get rolling on united and what's going to happen there yeah see, they are the club to focus on at the moment aren't they they'll fill article inches because of and it essentially does link to everything that's happening with the the radcliffe investment and his his powers are set to get ratified and obviously sir david brailsford's at all the games so, so people have speculated and quite understandably the interesting thing is, and maybe this is a bit disappointing for us as Liverpool fans, Trev, is that they seem quite sensible in the sense of they've looked at it, is all the suggestions from the journos, and they know it is a, a shit show in the squad. So the premise is, let's start clearing the decks ready for a big summer, which is probably in essence what if we were to go in, we would say, yeah, that's what's needed. That's the starting point. So we don't want to hear that. We wanted to hear 10-year renewals for Martial, didn't we, and things like that. But it's sounding positive. So, yeah, that, that's the key sort of backdrop for that. Now, interestingly, United, as we said in the summer, did a lot of contracts where they could trigger the extensions on it. They had that control. So they said yes to Lindelof. They said yes to Wan-Bissaka the other day. Young Hannibal, the midfielder. But probably the biggest name to be called or we know of, Varane. They're not going to extend that at all. So that's a good 300 grand plus going off the wage bill in the summer that way. So that's a good starting point. Martial was said no to, despite Ten Hag's wishes, and people can speculate on Ten Hag's future a lot. There's no doubts about that at all. So that's a, a big one. The other, this is quite a few stories on this, Trev. There'll be others look to be cleared, like Casemiro. Don't be surprised if, you know, he's on the chocolate. Again, it's all about clearing those wages ready for the summer. Now, short term, I'm sure everyone's seen this or heard this. Jaden Sancho back to Dortmund on loan. I mean, that's been an unmitigated disaster for the player and the club, that move, hasn't it, realistically? But the biggest sort of update, sort of chasing around today, Trev, I mean, United have very carefully layered this in the medium and to say like, oh, well, you know, we're saving sort of three million and all this, etc. What they're not really fully released, or what they're not an omission or a way of phrasing, if you want to call it that, Dortmund are only going to pay a third of his wages. 
So United are going to pay around 200 grand for Jaden Sancho not to play for them wow. in realistic terms. So, yeah, you, see, you can just phrase stuff, go and say, well, save three mils. Like, yeah, but he's still paying his two, you know, two thirds of his wages. So that's the big one. And then we kind of alluded to this the other week. They, they're not sanctioning anything big, but what they are saying to Ten Hag is, OK, we know we need a bit of help. Well, needs a lot of help in terms of managerial, but in terms of transfer-wise, maybe one or two loans, that type of thing as well. So, yeah, we mentioned him, and there's a lot of talk that good old Timo Werner, the one who couldn't hit, you know, a cow's backside, and he's stinking up the place now at RBL, could be coming on loan. That's the the name that keeps being bandied round. But annoyingly, it seems like Ineos may be quite sensible to say. This season's a shit show. We might as well just write it off, see what happens, run it to the end, look to clear the decks ready for the summer when we go again type of thing. And then obviously the FFP will realign. They'll have money. They'll save wages. So, yeah. And and we've also mentioned before, haven't we, Trev, that a lot of articles about who's going to step in. Is it Dan Ashworth they're going to try and take for Newcastle? That name keeps coming up. Paul Mitchell as sporting director. So, there's loads of Ten Hag quotes even going around today going, oh, I've had meetings with Idios. Just to be clear, Eric Ten Hag is going to be stripped of his power completely. And he said, not stupid. Look how that's gone with Ten Hag making transfer decisions. So, annoyingly, it's short-term pain, but long-term wise moves, it seems, for United at the moment. So, all ahead to clear the decks for the summer. That makes a lot of sense. I, I, I yeah, because it's only when you put all the stories together, like you just have that you can see that there actually is a bit of logic behind. It. And you're right, that part of the story around Sancho uh, and the fact that they might be paying so much of uh, his wages for that potential loan is not part of the bigger narrative. However, you can see how that falls right into your thinking there because it's okay, short term pain, but if he goes back, if he's good. Dortmund will bite your hand off, someone else will bite your hand off, and therefore he's off the books. And as you say, uh, new broom, clean sweep, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I like you, I, I really hope they're not getting it right. That would be terrible. Um, but, you know, for now, let's, uh, while they're still in the interim phase, we can still um, uh, look at them with raised eyebrows. West Ham are doing bits as well. Um, but not necessarily incoming. Um, it seems as if West Ham's uh, adventures over the last couple of seasons have uh, maybe raised a little bit of attention in, in in clubs elsewhere. And we know, for example, that there is uh, some interest in West Ham players. But uh, that is not necessarily all that's happened with them. Maybe there are some stories about uh, incomings at West Ham. I haven't heard any. I have heard, however, that there are, some of their lot are very attractive to people, especially in France. What do we know about this? Yeah, it, it, it seems strange that I mean, because West Ham have done brilliantly for where they are in the league, haven't they? They won at Arsenal the other day. So you think, is this the month that with Moyes signing a new contract, they are going to sort of fortify or you know go that way and? Obviously, they've got a big loss of Kudus and Aguerd going to AFCON. That's big for them, unfortunately. But weirdly, Trev, all the rumours are departure-wise, and they all link to France. So Ben Rama especially, because it's not really worked out for him since that move for Brentford, particularly, that there's a lot of clubs like Lyon, Marseille have been linked with him. Again, I'm not sure how they would be, because training didn't go in well at West Ham to Lyon, obviously, the disaster they've had in France. But, you know, the old smoke without fire type of analogy... And then the defence is what's surprising people because with a few knocks, they've been relying on Ogbonna. I mean, Ogbonna in the nicest way experienced, but 35 years old. Mm. Now, Aguerd going to AFCON, that's seen as a bit of a loss for, for them overall, but he's been and out the team. And there's even talk that quite a few clubs and, you know, say countries, it's right to say as well, are interested in Aguerd and that West Ham might even sanction a move there for the right money which seems absolutely bizarre, to be honest, because they've just allowed, it's pretty much been confirmed, or it's set to be confirmed, I should say. Tilo Kerr, I think it's pronounced there, you know, centre-half there, has gone, the suggestions are on loan to Monaco, with a mandatory buy option of around €12 million, as in he's not coming back type of thing. It's just a way of fiddling, not fiddling the books, maybe that's too strong, but managing FFP, let's put it that way, for (laughs) January. So, there's been like the odd tentative link 
with West Ham. But in a sort of a bizarre chain of events, considering the likes of Kudos and Aguad are leaving for AFCON, and considering they've been moving up the league, all the solid links are the exit door, which is a bit strange, but it's what's coming out at the moment. Very odd. Very odd, that. Um, I Like you, I was expecting that there would be people definitely looking enviously at what's happening at West Ham over the last couple of years and wanting to join or seeing them at least as a platform club. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case, certainly not in this window. If we go to Spurs, who are recently resurgent, and we're, we're a good old big Ange being asked about you know whether they're back in the title race, all the rest of it, in order for that to happen, you would imagine that they might need a recruit or two. Uh, there were some stories that we touched on the last show about potential um, incomings there. Uh, we know there's at least one outgoing off to the States and another uh, kind of, well, stalwart's the wrong word, but it's also kind of the right word in, in the shape of Eric Dyer, who has been, you know, always available to be in there, the team, for depending on who the manager was. Uh, but he is also now looking like he might be on the way out. So what's Spurs being linked with on the way in? And what are these stories about exits? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean... It's well known Spurs are after a defender and they want him quickly. And you know, Ange and everyone's talked about it. it's a natural thing. Tadebo was linked, but then all the talk was that Nice are a nightmare to deal with, and obviously with what's going on at United, that 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 sort of bypassed it, and not necessarily that Nisa wanted to sell because they've been going okay in Liga as well. Then, and then again, I'm probably butchering his name, but the Genoa defender, the Romanian international Dragusic, he's the one that keeps coming up and. His agent said, yes, we're looking at options. The Genoa president's gone, oh, we're not going to sell for it. You know, it, it all feels like manoeuvring. And then, to be honest, Trev, there's been a lot of reports, Romano, Plettenberg, and a lot of UK outlets that Tottenham have agreed terms with the player. It's just now getting the deal done with Genoa, which maybe sounds easier said than done. And then, yeah, Loris. I mean, we'd almost forgotten about Loris, hadn't we, with Vicario doing well there. But he's now moved to Los Angeles FC, hasn't he? So he started an American adventure. So nice bit cleared off the books there, realistically, because he's probably the best paid reserve keeper going that way. And then, and a lot, this, these are not my words, by the way, Trev. This was from one of the Tottenham Hotspur websites that, that you know I, I saw the other day. But as they affectionately call Eric Dyer, dum-dum. <laughs> set to depart in the near future not my words Trev <laughs> yeah. so Eric I mean look at all the injuries Spurs have had and they play like left backs in the middle right back they still Big Ange who seems like obviously the, the mate the nice guy persona still doesn't play Eric Dyer that often it kind of tells you everything you need to know really doesn't it I mean before anyone corrects me Yes, he did play that game against Chelsea, but if everyone remembers it, they were down to nine men. Hence, Eric Dyer comes out, you know, and defenders and all that type of stuff. So, the interesting link there, apparently, Big Jose, obviously kicking down doors, isn't he, and kicking up reporters at Roma. That's the link that a lot of people suggesting that Big Jose may like Big Eric. And they'll just be <laughs> dum-dums together at Roma. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see it. It's got tremendous potential. Do you know what my takeaway from that story was? Would I be right in suggesting or being cynical and saying that Tadebo to, to, to United might be a thing over the summer? Summer. Yeah. I, w annoyingly as well, and I know a lot of people are, are fans of Tadebo, it would not be any surprise if in the summer... United just happened to get a very good centre-back for, hold on, Tadebo's gone where? For 20 million what type of, yeah, it would not surprise you at all, would it? Eh? Yeah, just just crossed my mind. This, the, this show has made me cynical, Dave. Uh, yeah. Brentford next. Now, Brentford have on their books a very impressive asset uh, with a unfortunate scenario in Ivan Tony, And Ivan Tony would be very, very desirable signing for a lot of clubs. I've been on the record saying that I'd love to see him at Liverpool. Um, I just think he's a really interesting footballer. I like what he does on the pitch. Um, but it seems as if Brentford 
might have an elevated notion of what people are willing to pay for Ivan Tony. Um, and also, you know, how many clubs, if he if they are looking for massive money, are going to want to take what might be perceived as a gamble now, uh, mm. probably rightly or wrongly might be, be, be perceived as a gamble, uh, certainly in the short term. So in terms of this whole thing, first of all, let people know what it is that Brentford reportedly want for this player. Yeah, th- this feels a bit almost cat and mousey because the big thing is, as a lot you speak to a lot of journos, Brentford are publicly saying a clear message which can easily get missed. Even as Thomas Frank said in his press conference today, Ivan Tony is our player. He's staying and not going. However, if we get a big offer, we have to consider it. Like, it's, you know, it's the classic. We all know where this is going. So the, the figures that a lot are reporting, and by the way, when you speak to journos, and I have to be careful how I say this, that it's Brentford briefing the journos as well, realistically, to say that, you know, if an £80 million offer maybe came on our table, we'd have to consider it type of thing. Now, the problem is for Arsenal is everyone knows they desperately need a striker. Stevie Wonder can see Arsenal need a striker to finish their chances. There's one at Brentford who's come back. You could argue about all these things that's happened, but you could also argue... He's a no-finisher and he's well-rested as well, isn't he, Trev? He'll be dying to go, you know, uh, and get going at a, a bigger club. And that's not trying to denigrate Brentford in any way. So it makes sense for a lot of people. The other things that Arsenal have got in their negative column is that it's January. So if you want someone, the later it goes, you're going to have to pay an inflated price. There's no doubts about that. You don't get bargains, really, do you, in January particularly, unless there's something specific with the club in trouble. And... What are Arsenal going to pretend that they have any sort of great thriftiness? I mean, Arsenal laid out £75 million for Kai Havertz in the summer. You know, they just, you know, for any great negotiators, whatever you think of Declan Rice, and I think he's a good player, they paid £105 million. They just keep backing and backing and backing Mikel Arteta, don't they? Whatever. So it's not like almost, you know, we said this about Chelsea before, you can't just start pretending you're like master wheeler and dealers and you're clever like... Arsenal pay the going rate and more. So Brentford will be, give us the going rate and more. It's, it's a weird one, Trev, isn't it? Because I, you know and I know that Arteta's banging on Edu's door going, give me a striker, give me a striker, give me a striker. And Edu is going, listen, Brillo Padhead, you spent all the freaking money thing. So, like, it's kind of going to be a standoff. But... There is a bit where you kind of think Arteta going, well, if we had a striker, we'd be... T-. And Arsenal have invested so much in this over the year. I don't know with this one. It would not surprise me if it didn't get done because of the stupid money. It would not surprise me if Arsenal spent stupid money to get Ivan Tony because he's a gettable target for the money. So either way, Brentford are probably looking and going, well, he's going to fire the goals to keep us up or... He's going to give us eight million quid and we'll go and spend a good part of that on strikers that will keep us up as well. So it's one that until that window shuts is going to roll and roll and roll. I, I, I love this story in many ways. Um, if it wasn't potentially uh, damaging to our title aspirations, because I don't want to see Ivan Tony and Arsenal, right. because I think that works, Dave. I think that works um, for everybody concerned. Um, and I'd be a bit along the same lines as you. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something daft either, because it feels like they're throwing everything at the wall and it's kind of, well, let's, and, and if we're being honest as well, not that they have shown any great um, um, uh, financial, uh, you know, acumen, but they do have a couple of people who they could offload um, in the near future and make some of that money back, even if they didn't get, manage to get it done in January. So they could be that like, oh, look, this is our, it's, it's now or never. You know, we've just got our nose as the head of the city or whatever. Who knows what their what their thinking is there? Um, so yeah, let absolutely watch this space on that one. Um, oh God, I, I don't like it. I don't like it because there's a potential of it being uh, very, very uh, disconcerting for us and our and our our hopes. Um, in terms of rest of the league, we know there's a little bit going on, um, but not as much as we'd have thought at Everton. Um, definitely, we're we're hearing stories about. 
someone on the way out there. Um, we also have a Sheffield United story, and you've got one there about Chelsea. And a notable absentee from our wrap-up this week is Chelsea, because this one, if anything, is just uh, an, almost an also-ran story about a, a loan recall. So talk to us about what's happening with Everton, Sheffield United and Chelsea. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one, some of these. I mean, Everton, Dan Juma's there. I mean, if you take away that 10-point deduction, they'd be going quite well in the league, haven't they? He's done a good job there, Daesh, this season. But one player who's not been in the team is Dan Juma, which is surprising to many, but it seems to be better Will Calvert-Lewin, doesn't it, in his 4-5-1 type of formation. So, as Romano said, quite a lot of clubs and Dan Juma's agent is looking at this. I mean, I'm not being funny, Trev. Do you remember in the summer when he was going to sign for Everton and then didn't turn up and then like that season where he went to Tottenham, now you're like, this was always going to end in disaster. He didn't want to clearly be there, so he might actually get his witch. Now, my story of the week, just because I, I love it when this player comes up, this feels so Everton because their skin and we know about their situation, the finances. They've been linked with by quite a few outlets, it's important to say that, with a move for the young, the upcoming potential of 31-year-old Jesse Lingard. So wow. what what could be more January transfer window than if that happens? Jesse Lingard <laughs> on some sort of deal to Everton. I mean, it, it just, it, it just cause he's, he's almost not a dive player, is he, by nature? You know, you look at what happened when he went to Forest, it didn't work there. But that is almost... Give me the definite, like Alexa, give me the definition of a January panic move. And that's what you kind of get in that way. So, yeah, interesting. Sheffield United, I mean, they, they need goals if they're going to have any hope. So, it's always a funny one to say this. Chilean international Ben Brereton Diaz. No <laughs> lad from Blackburn as it will, but obviously you've got the family there. So, a Chilean international, brilliant. So, they're looking to bring him back. He's expected to get Dawn on loan from Villarreal. So, yeah, I mean, he scored a lot of goals in the championship. But, you know, when you're playing for the, the bottom club, you could argue in the Premier League, it's a different challenge. But they're rolling the dice, at least. So fair play to them. And the biggest disappointment, Trev, the biggest disappointment so far, because we've heard, we talked about the Conor Gallagher story. We talked about Pochettino's demands, what he said. We know Sweeney Todd's background. The only thing we got from this week is, just because it's been a disaster... That Andre Santos is set to, or is coming back, I think that's been pretty much confirmed from Forest on loan. And even the suspicion is, again, like our boys, just a revolving door. He'll go back someone, somewhere to get game time. And I didn't think I'd ever say this in the history of the transfer shows that we've done, but that is it for Chelsea that we've really got of any substance. So hopefully he's saving it all for later weeks, but disappointing from Chelsea, eh? Poor showing from Todd. And you know what? It's kind of a good segue for us into the the last section of the show. And I'll say why in a second. But just before we do, I mean, you're right. That is that that um, uh, move for Everton does have a real bang of desperation of it. But it's also classic Everton. What does Everton always do? X-Manx. 
always, even between, even without the, the Moyes link and all the rest of it, it's just been a constant rotation of ex-Manx going to that club. So nothing surprising about that at all. Um, you you wouldn't put any uh, money on it working out for Lingard there, though, to be fair. And if Todd Bowley's doing very little, who's doing even less in terms of the great disruptors, the ones who, you know, upended the previous two windows, the ones who uh, caused absolute carnage in terms of rumours and stories and were trying to unsettle Mohamed Salah. What's happening with the Saudis? Because there's no stories, Dave. There's nothing going on. We can't get any links. It's just gone lockdown, closed down, except you have some information there that would suggest that maybe this is some sort of tactical thing. What do we know about what's happening there in terms of, is there money available? Is there some uh, slowdown on this project or is it just part of some strategy? And what have you heard about this? I could just answer yes to all those questions. (laughs) Just to to sort of break it down. I mean, is the money there? Yeah, as as a lot of journals have said, the budget, because obviously everything's focused around this 2030 Olympic bid, and obviously this is part of that project, and and we don't get political, as we say on this show. We're just here to talk transfers, but the budget of about $17 billion still stands, as a lot of journos are saying. However, this is the big thing for January, maybe the disappointment for us, Trev. The ex-Chelsea boy, Emanalo, you know, the director, he's there in charge, isn't he, and obviously leading their strategic thing. As they talked about and told the clubs, You spent your budgets for this year in the summer. So anything else will have to be like moves between you. Hence, there's links of like Bobby going from Al-Hilal to Alpha Etifat with Stevia and that type of stuff. There's the odd link that comes up here and there. So it's still possible with like Aguard from West Ham and Long... But that's not going to be their primary focus. And the other big thing that a lot of journos have said, Trev, is at the moment... Football, it's not a priority, but they're not abandoning it because people are now going to go like, hold on, this is going to be like China, you know, MLS, where it all unravels and nothing happens. What they've said is the big focus in Saudi at the moment is on two things. Riyadh season, which is the boxing, having the big heavyweight fights and doing it that way, and the golf element. So they're spending fortunes on live. They've invested in the people. So that's where they are. However, it's sad for us in January, but... The big suggestions are that come the summer again, that's when we'll go again, so to speak. You know, because obviously when the box and other things die down, they've done that bit. As it comes up in the summer and we move towards more Olympic big glory and all that type of thing, we'll go again. But for Jan, I'm expecting it to be, unfortunately, rather quiet. And that seven plus billion budget that you mentioned, is that exclusively uh earmark for the football yeah the, the, the 17 billion budget is the biggest come out for a lot and, and again there's no one from saudi coming out saying yeah we've got this but that is earmarked for the football i mean this 17 17 yeah 17 Jeez. billion right through that's not just for like next window that's to build the league and obviously build it towards this sort of 2030 olympic bid i think that the one thing to say it's it's such a crazy system isn't it in saudi because we know who owns the teams as the ones that are PIF backed and even the others, they almost have to apply for their funding, which is crazy because it's unlimited, so to speak and get it approved. We, we know all that, but yeah, it's, I mean, unfortunately, if you like boxing, like I do, you're getting all the heavyweight fights going there and they're putting them on. If you like your golf, obviously they bought or invested, I should say in the PGA, they've got live and the big books there, but football just for the moment is on the back burner for them. Yeah, like you say, no no surprise to see it ramp back up for the summer window. But for now, a bit like uh, Todd and Chelsea, it has gone a bit quiet. PSG, however, and Bayern never let us down. We've got two two stories around them and one further one. We'll start with the French lot um, because you can't talk PSG and I'll talk about uh, Le Petit Shite, as you call him. Um, and, you know, I saw him recently being stropping with someone and grabbing a trophy off him and 
I just think he's a terrible set of lads. I, I am, I, 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 it's just a feeling I have about him. Um, and it, 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 we're still, there are still, Dave, stories about how Real might be back in for him now. Um, and this is just, it's getting so ridiculous. Um, I don't know what to make of anything I'm hearing because obviously you you go from the wildly daft stories about how Liverpool might be interested in in in, um, in um, Killian and I think anyone who takes a thing like that seriously they're the kind of people you just you stop talking to because that makes literally no sense on any level whatsoever. So I can't have a serious conversation with someone like that. But we are hearing stories about Moscardo. We mentioned this briefly last week yeah. as well. Um, so talk to us about the Mbappe situation as far as anything sensible we're hearing and any other further ins and outs there at that lot. Yeah, I mean, Mbappe, it's almost crazy that we still talk about him. But... As Ornstein and the others have, have confirmed, officially now he is free to negotiate, isn't he? And abroad, the free contract, all that type of stuff. That he, he even did an interview the other way, where, day, sorry, where he said, like, oh, I've still not decided. What a liar. Everyone knows he wants to go to Real Madrid. It's just whether Madrid are going to give him the stupid money that Killian wants, because... As much as for football reasons, he clearly wants to go to Real and that link keeps coming up. Funny lie, isn't it, Trev? You know, why yeah. would the, the biggest, you know, arguably the biggest name, the superstar club for the biggest player? It's just so obvious, isn't it? The problem is PSG just keep wheeling stuff in front of him, don't they? Like money after money after money. Like He put his mar on the board, for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? So they just bend to all his whims. I mean... He is supposed to be a young talent, but even his young brother Ethan's with the first team now as well. Do you know what I mean? They're going to put his dad in net soon enough, I suspect. It's just like they're bending to whatever this kid wants. So he's not going to give that up easily like the spoiled child he is, isn't he, so to speak? And listen, his, his talent's incredible. We're talking one of, you know, the world's best players. There's no doubts about that. But like you said, for an attitude and the things you hear and see, yeah, exactly that. So so that's just going to rumble and rumble and rumble. And to be honest, Mbappe's easy for your journos. If you need to fill a few column inches, you can just write an article on it. And even like Liverpool's, you know, links and the things that will keep coming up. But the only other tangible development is PSG have almost said, like, as in a threatening manner, if Mbappe doesn't renew, there'll be financial consequences. So that sounds like, oh, does that change it? What it actually means, Trev, is if, he leaves on a free because people are going, oh, PSG is safeguarded. No, they just don't have to pay him the 70, 80 million pound loyalty bonus, apparently. That's the thing. They're not safeguarded. They just don't have to give him that chunk of change. He foregoes his loyalty bonus by leaving on a free. By the way, we'll just ignore the million pounds a week you're paying him and all the other. You, you don't, but the way it's trying to be phrased. And again, PSG are just going to keep. What will it take, Killian? What will it take? And they're just going to, like, they'll, they'll just drive trucks of money up to his house weekly type of thing, which, if he does sign, do you, like, do you really want that player? At your, well, obviously, they, they do, don't they? But, yeah, so, so that one's just going to keep rumbling on until something happens one way or another and someone does pay him $12 trillion a week or whatever his new deal will be. And then the other one, which was weird, Moscardo, because that was dumb, wasn't he? It was a youth talent they're getting. A lot of clubs wanted him. A lot of clubs were kind of gutted then. PSG have got him, but then they haven't because they did his, but they might. They did his medical trip and the medical revealed he needs surgery. He's got a real problem. I can't remember if it's his foot or his ankle. So it's a transfer that is set to be deferred, almost like a classic uni student here in Moscardo. So he's going to get his surgery. He's going to do his rehab. And then the expectation is he does join Beraldo, another South American in their ranks. But, yeah, it was interesting the way it just came out all of a sudden because people were like, what, why is he signed? He's done his medical. And the player actually came out and said, like, you know, in a full statement that, yeah, I've done this. I'm now going to rest up. The surgery's going to put me out for a good few months. But I'm looking forward to being a PSG player. So full expectation that that does defer till summer, but not being completed because of a medical as it stands right now. And, it's just PSG in it. It's just chaos every day. We saw a little bit of chaos at Bayern last um, transfer window um, in terms of the last minute drama with uh, Purel Paulinha and how his move didn't work. Um, not only are they being linked again with him, but also with 
uh, a Chelsea player who's quite highly rated. Um, but both of which they have already, like I said, gone for in the past. Tell me about these two Byron stories before we end up with the um, tale of Paolo Dybala. Yeah, it's a Bayern, and again, I mean, it was Mel, Miguel Delaney in the the Independent, and some people suggested it was lazy links, you know, all the I, I generally don't know, but Fulham, Palinia, it, it just it's probably until the window closes that link's just going to come back up and up, isn't it? Linking it to somewhere and it not getting done, and maybe it's a negotiating tactic for the price, who knows? But the other one, Chelsea's Trevor Chalaber, so he's played under Tommy, hasn't he? Before when he was there can cover a number of positions, which Bayern are looking for. Maybe not a not a specialist, who knows? But Tuchel's worked with the player. It, you know, he's, he's had injuries, but there's a lot of suspicions that he and Conor Gallagher are the two they can cash in on, you know, for the homegrown, get the most money, that type of thing. So ones that I don't see as imminent, and that's the only real link I've seen with Miguel Delaney, that's, it does feel a bit rehashed, doesn't mean it's wrong, but a couple to keep an eye on, definitely. For sure. Now, we spoke tangentially about um, uh, Roma and uh, old Jose uh, earlier on. Uh, What is the story with Paolo Dybala? Because I don't know if he's out of favour there. I won't pretend to be keeping abreast of things, so I don't really know. All I know is a couple of years ago, you're looking at one of the most highly rated attackers in the world. Um, and now there is the possibility of him being able to get away from where he is for a comparatively very manageable fee, which you'd imagine lots of people would take a punt on, even for someone who I think Dibble has, what, about 30 odd years of age, maybe 29, 30. So it seems like it would be a harmless enough gamble, if that's the word you want to take, considering we're talking about someone who's so highly rated recently. What is the what are the ins and outs of this story, Dave? Yeah, it's weird with him, isn't he? Because I've always felt that he's almost a, he's the hipster, one of the hipster players, isn't he? People would often quote and go, oh, yeah, Dybala, he changes and all this. But it didn't really work out because of his injuries at Juventus. There's no two ways about that. You know, journalists said it was injuries. And he obviously got picked up by Roma under Jose. So people were thinking, oh, God, how that how's that going to go type of thing? But essentially, he's thrived, Trev. He's absolutely thrived for, you know, in Serie A at, at Roma. So... This is the interesting one that is, is people have revealed or quite a few stories around his clause. Foreign clubs, i.e. clubs outside of Serie A, can activate that release clause for 13 million euros, which wow. is nothing in football terms, isn't it? I know it's a huge sum for anyone else, the King's Ransom, but in football terms, it's nothing practically, especially for a player with that pedigree. However, the clause doesn't apply for Italian clubs by its nature. Now, as a lot of sort of journos are speculating at the same time. Dybala's always been a, a Serie A player, hasn't he? When he was at Palermo and then Juventus and now Roma. So that's like his league by those terms. So the suspicion is, and again, no one knows it for definite, that he's quite happy there. It's working out. He's finally found a home, if you want to call it that, after his injuries and, the, you know, things not working out at Juventus. So, He's not particularly keen to move on as suggestions. However, that being said, 13, I know he's not the youngest anymore and he's had his injuries. That will always be levelled against him. But 13 million euros, you wonder if someone will take a gamble maybe at some point. But it depends if good old Paolo is just happy in Roma where he is, eh? You know, <laughs> I wanted to be sure that I wasn't being completely... Uh, over the top when I suggested what I suggested about people who might be inclined to believe the uh, potential uh, uh, Mbappe to Liverpool rumours. I open up News Now, which was my old go-to um, place for where they uh, collate as many stories as possible on Liverpool. And I won't mention the name of the well-known, comparatively well-known Liverpool journalist but the headline goes, enough to keep fans interested, in quotation marks, so-and-so provides insight on the Liverpool link to Kylian Mbappe. It won't go away, Dave. It's remarkable. It just won't go away. And I clicked on another one. Uh, Liverpool insider says 22-goal attacker transfer is more realistic than people may think. Oh, who's this guy for 22 minutes? It's like an Mbappe. So 
like I said, this is this is about the the height of the joy we're going to get out of this at the moment. It would appear as Liverpool fans, uh, but hopefully it will kick into uh, some proper gear between now and the next time we have a chance to do one of these things. You would imagine anyway that certain clubs have no choice but to do some business, and if there are the likes of young Paolo available there. Who knows what sort of fancy shooting might happen between now and we chat next. Uh, Listen, we should wrap it up. It's been another uh, information-heavy one. Uh, Plenty of... stories around not as many of them as we want around us but that's okay we're just here to be professional Dave do our job tell tell people what's happening in the transfer window not necessarily the Liverpool transfer window but I think we should wrap it up with that unless you've any last words no I suppose the the worry is Trev and this is the thing that underscores it all if people are going to get the move they want you know if we do make a move for a defender or a big name I don't know about you, but my gut's telling me it's probably going to be if someone gets a big injury. So the end result is not going to be the outcome we want, if that makes sense. So, and listen, we, we've said it before, we would make moves, you know, we, we, so just before anyone jumps on me for that or says anything else, we've been quite clear on what we think. However, and I'm going to put my tin hat on when I say this, we are top of the league. How long that lasts, etc. We We love additions, but... It's not all doom and gloom. We're just being honest with you and what we're hearing, because otherwise we could just lie and go, we're getting Mbappe, lads, and all this. And we're, <laughs> we're just telling you what we hear. Simple as that. Just for one week, I'd love us to be the guys who do the we're getting Mbappe show. That would be <laughs> would be the crack. Although we would blow our blow whatever potential uh, uh, credibility we have into the stratosphere so we'll leave it at that thanks as ever to Dave Davis for another show full of stories and information I've been Trev Downey you heard the man himself this is the transfer show we'll be back with you very very soon we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.